Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host, Simone, and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Today, we have with us Alyssa, and Alyssa, if you could tell everybody how we met. Hi, um, we met through a mutual friend. Uh, it was probably like a year ago, right? Almost two, I think. Maybe, maybe just a year. Was it just a year? I don't know. It, it had to be last year. I think it okay. was last year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> yeah. Where are you from? Um, I'm from here. I'm from Maryland. Uh, well, now we're in D.C., but I'm from, <laughs> I am from this area. <laughs> and I grew up uh, partially on a military base. And then I think what really shaped me was after I left the military base and, and came into civilian life. You civilians who, who people that have been in civilian life don't realize how different it is for mm-hmm. us yeah, military rights <laughs> yeah <laughs> so did you only live on that one military base or were you like moving around and... no i just lived on that one i'm the youngest my mother was actually in the military and uh-huh. i'm the youngest so towards um towards the end you know uh, kind of just stayed in the same area yeah yeah, yeah settle down kids got to stay in the same schools yeah like that. and, that, and that's kind of why she left because she had children she wanted yeah. to focus on that Where? how when did you guys move off the base i was probably um maybe second grade oh, okay and yeah. it was a huge change you don't realize it's kind of like um it's like being like half black and half white and then you go to an all black school that's kind of how it was because I was just different and it it wasn't I didn't know I didn't really it didn't register to me that there was black culture and there was white culture because yeah we're on the on base it's our own little world and we kind of all just get along Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of like a utopia if you think about it yeah we go to the same school I don't um, they have a school on base. Well, this Andrews they don't, but okay. we go to an elementary school that all the military kids oh, go okay. to. That's yeah. off base, but it's right across the highway. Yeah. Um, and then our daycare was on base. Our aftercare was on base. Grocery stores. The grocery like, stores yeah. on base. It, you shopped on base, so mm-hmm. we didn't have to leave. Yeah, I remember like talking to someone, and they were saying that when they moved off base, they felt like unsafe. I didn't feel that way. It's more so like. Um, Uncivilized, I guess you could say. Oh, God. Because <laughs> everything's structured. Like, they yeah. even play the national anthem, and, you know, it's sort of like the Pledge of, Pledge of Allegiance in class. Like, you stop, and you salute the flag or whatever. Like, no matter what you're doing on base? Yeah. Everyone wow. stops. If you're in the car, you get out your car. If you're in the, if you're, um, in the military, you get yeah. out your car, and you okay. um, salute the flag. Um, but it's a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. And once you get off base, it's kind of like this whole new world that you have to explore. Yeah. So what do you find interesting? In general? Yeah, I mean, just, um, it's a very open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm kind of weird because as antisocial as I am, I like being around people. Mm-hmm. And I like... I find human connections very interesting. Like uh, yesterday, I was at a work event, um, and I was with my coworkers, my team. Um, and after leaving, because I had to go to class, I just thought how much 
fun we had mm-hmm. and how much I enjoy their company and I almost cried because I was like oh my god I love my team and I just felt really lucky um that I have people that I can count on in the workplace and I like connections like that I really love those types of connections even though I can't stand people (laughs) (laughs) what is it about people like that like what's your biggest pet peeve about people um probably um selfishness mm-hmm. um as a leo like i think that that seems kind of contradictory right <laughs> <laughs> as a leo i think i understand i think we're the perfect people leo leo women that is leo Yo, men are different <laughs> we just understand how relationships work and we will literally give our all. I know people say we're self-centered or whatever, but um, we literally give our all to people. Mm-hmm. And it's it, our relationships are serious, taken very seriously, and we invest a lot in them, especially emotionally. So um, I think that's probably the most interesting thing because we like getting to know people. Yeah. And I'm not talking about superficially. We like getting to know um your deep dark secrets. We like getting to know your insecurities. Yeah. And maybe that's a little double edged sword because then when you cross us, we can use it against yeah. you. Yeah. But <laughs> we like that vulnerable vulnerability of people. Um, I personally find it beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of evil out there, but you know, I think finding the beauty in humanity is what kind of makes it worth it. Yeah. I, I don't want to say the bad things in life are worth it, but it kind of... They teach you things. I mean, yeah. Not, nobody wants to experience bad things, but they do have their purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like... You don't have to be so cynical. Like, look at this. Mm-hmm. This is nice. Yeah. <laughs> there is a God. I always felt like... I'm a Pisces, but I always felt like I was kind of like a Leo because I have like that sort of like narcissism, mm-hmm. but also that extrovertedness that I like attribute to Leos. So, I don't know. I feel like everybody's a narcissist though <laughs> especially if you're on social media mm-hmm. oh speaking of that like let me get this off my chest okay i totally hate um this is the one thing i hate about social media i know i in the beginning i said i wanted to start a podcast and i Maybe this is Leo and me. I like having a group of people that kind of identify with the things that... My viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of vibe off of that. Yeah. Um, with that said, I hate that social media has turned into this thing where you cannot have a difference of opinion. Yeah. You yeah. have a difference of opinion, I'm going to block you. Which is weird to me. Like, I never block anybody because, like, I don't know, I just... I want to see what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I want to see what the other side is thinking. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm just not going to pay attention to, like, an op. It's about, like, seeing the other side and, like, knowing that people do have different opinions than you and, like, how you guys can, like, still work together when you have different opinions as long as you're not, you know, like, racist, transphobic, or homophobic. Right, like, exactly. Pretty much. I remember this one girl. I wish I could remember her name because I would definitely... I wish I could see her in the streets because... Wow. (laughs) She posted this picture and this was in the dead of winter. She posted this picture. She's a style style guru, I guess you can say. And she was wearing this outfit that... It was cute. And, you know, it was cute, Mm -hmm. but... It was. It's cold outside, sweetheart. <laughs> like your toes are out, Hose your legs are cold. out. <laughs> like, 
And I just made a little joke and I was just like, um, she said, I'm showing up to everyone's Christmas party. And I'm like, girl, where? Like, it's cold outside. <laughs> and she caught this huge attitude with me. And we're, like, going back and forth. And you're like, just because you have followers doesn't think, if yeah. you're going to bring the two to me, I'm going to bring it back to you. Yeah. And she said something. And then she blocked me. But when she blocked me, I couldn't see what she said. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like a lot of um, influencers, they think that, you know, I'm going to just block all the haters, but it's like, okay, then who's going to follow you? If you block everybody who doesn't agree with you or you misinterpret what they say, then no one's going to follow you. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like people use social media as like a negative release sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, especially like Twitter. I feel like some people are just way too aggressive on there. Mm -hmm. I feel like it should not be that serious. It's like, you know... When somebody says something that's different in opinion, it's just like, oh, okay, that's how they feel, like, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, some people, like, you're saying, like, they just come back, and it's just like, why do we have all this negative energy inside of you? Like, do you understand, like, how much energy you're putting into being negative right now? Like, to someone that you don't even know, like, to a stranger, like, that's insane to me. But, yeah. I mean, I guess I get it, because, um... I guess in your... At least in my life, like, uh more so in my professional life, which I would say takes up a majority of my time, yeah. my professional self, um, you have to kind of office politics. So you have to watch what you say and how you say it, and you have to be sensitive to people's feelings. And then when you get on social media, it's kind of like, I'm just going to say what I have to say and get yeah. it out there. Okay. Especially since it's it, it doesn't feel like it's reality. Mm-hmm. Like social media is not reality. So when you say these really extreme things, like I did the other day. What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> so I was really upset at work and um, I work in HR. Um, and so a lot of the focus now is retaining millennials and millennials are focused on um, quality of life, which falls into company culture. So, um, damn, I forgot where I was going with that. I was about to say Oh, I was upset. Okay. (laughs) I was upset because, um, I was working on this project at work. It was a small, small project just to change the coffee in the building. Mm -hmm. And it just became this huge hullabaloo about nothing. And, all of the baby boomers were talking, gossiping about the coffee. And so I got on Twitter. I'm just like, I'm sick of this shit. Like the littlest things become this huge, like a rumor mill. It's like somebody's talking about you and you you can hear it. And it's like, people are dying. Yeah. Why is this a big deal? Literally, you guys just changed like the brand of coffee that you provide to people. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody was okay. Yes. And it, it was the they do know they can bring their own coffee, right? That's I wonder if they know that. I think <laughs> they know they can bring their own coffee. Okay. Um, and they're just upset about it. And I was just like, I, I really don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is not something you're entitled to. This is something we do out of the kindness of our hearts. And the only reason why I'm doing it is because we were doing something else, and then I was like, okay, let's do this. And I thought it would be a good thing, but they don't appreciate it, so I yeah. didn't do it. So I got on Twitter, and I was just like, you know, and this goes into a greater thought that I didn't explain. But I was just like, 
I can't wait till these baby boomers die. <laughs> Damn. I'm just kidding. I, I, my mother's a baby boomer. I, it's not that I can't wait till they die. It's more so I can settle for retirement. Like if yeah. they just retire, a lot of things would be easier because they're so threatened by anyone younger than them. They're threatened by change and they're trying to hold on to something that that's le- that's already gone. Like yeah. you can't hold on to the past. Like things are changing and it's okay. And it's not that anyone younger than them wants to take something from them. We just, just like, want to have what you have. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so why are you keeping us from having what you have? And then I'm going off. I'm digressing a little bit. And then you come back and you criticize us about the life that we're living. Yeah. Which is probably exactly what your grandparents age people did when you were younger and it's yeah. like now you're now you've turned into them it's like becoming your parents right yeah exactly <laughs> and i'm sure i'm gonna be this no i'm i'm vow that i am not gonna be the way i see these uh yeah i mainly see older black women like this and i'm not saying that white women or hispanic women aren't this way but the area that i'm in it's mainly black women which is good they're working um but but i will say for every petty black woman there's probably a petty white woman and a petty white man. So, <laughs> so I vow not to be like that. I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. The, you know, work doesn't have to be hell. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Which is like I guess what millennials are getting to. Like you were saying, like we're just, we're just trying to like have a better life. So, what's your favorite job that you've ever had? Um, I've always worked in HR as a profession. Mm-hmm. How did you get into that? so let me tell my story it's like a first date story like how did I meet my husband yeah the way I talk about how I started my career so um I used to work for Six Flags and my friend she was in HR at Six Flags and um one day they needed volunteers for the job fair so I was like I'll do it at the time I wasn't working I was Mm -hmm. 19 um so I went and they were passing out jobs and they were like, so who wants to tell the applicants that uh, they don't have a job? And I was the first one to raise my hand. I was like, I'll do it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I spent the whole day telling people no. I, I mean, most people would think it's like emotionally draining, but I didn't think that hard into yeah. it. It's like, you didn't pass. You didn't meet our qualifications. Yeah. So. You have like Sorry. no connection to that. So it's like whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's you no need me to deliver some news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm just here to tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um after that, the manager uh wanted me to interview and I interviewed and the rest is history. Word. So you spent the whole day like telling people no and like you don't get the job. Basically like well, I guess not really firing people, but I'm thinking about like breaking up with people like are you Mm -hmm. good at that or like have you mastered that see i don't have any emotional connections to those people like when i'm my work self yeah my work identity i have no problem telling somebody you're suspended you're fired yeah you didn't get the job um my personal self breaking up with somebody is hard yeah i've even friends, like when I have an emotional connection to someone, mm-hmm. it's hard. Like I'll dream about them and everything. Oh. I'll be like, was that the right thing to do? But I know if it happened, it was the right thing to yeah. do. So how do you break up with people? Like what's your modus operandi of doing that? 
Um, I haven't broken up with anyone. I think we kind of <laughs> just both drifted when our separates. Yeah. It was like a mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. But guys, I've stopped talking to before when they were more emotionally invested than I was. Um, I'm pretty honest. I'm, okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm not good at it at all. <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> I think uh, I'm honest throughout the whole relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I'm honest about the things I want. I on- I'm honest about my feelings. I'm honest about the feelings I don't want, the things I don't want. And I'm honest about the feelings I don't have. Yeah. So when it's time to go our separate ways, it's kind of like, I need well, to cut the umbilical cord. We already knew what it was. So, like, it's easier to, like, yeah, yeah it's not that messy. I think, um, actually, I was listening to another podcast. And it was, like, a listener letter. And this guy was exploring his sexuality oh my god i think i know exactly what you're talking about, you're talking about the, the read yeah <laughs> and he's talking about um how he was he was basically setting up a dick appointment and then at the last minute he's like i don't want to do this yeah and he just like wouldn't reply to the person it's like that's really weird yeah yeah i think you should definitely reply at least reply like Communication is key. Say something. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I was... So, I go on a lot of Tinder dates. Um, what is that like? <laughs> I feel like that's so nerve-wracking. I don't think... Like, it's not as bad as everybody makes it seem. It okay. really isn't. It's... And honestly, I prefer... Okay. So, I'm on Tinder and I'm on Bumble. Uh-huh. Bumble has more professionals. Yeah. And then Tinder is more of... They have a lot of... A lot more attractive men to choose from. Okay. But your chances of them being a fuckboy are significantly higher. So it's, yeah, trading one for the other, basically. Yeah, but Bumble, like, they could be, look good on paper, but they have no personality. Okay. Which sucks. Yeah. It sucks when you meet somebody really cute and they have no personality. That happens (laughs) to me. Um, But Tinder dates aren't that bad. It's interesting because... On, on those types of platforms, you can choose your level of interaction. Like, mm-hmm. you can actually choose what person you want to be, you want to talk to. Yeah. Not be with, but talk to. Um, so, guys would hit me up, and maybe I'll kind of, I'll talk to anybody who talks to me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if I swiped right, or swipe right on you. Okay, so, yeah. um, but... If they're not not responsive, it's just kind of weird. It's kind of like, okay, one, why did you swipe right? Two, why did you initiate a conversation? I responded. Why are you responding to me if you don't care? Like, do you have a girlfriend, a wife, kids? What's going (laughs) on? Like, I don't understand. No one is this busy. Yeah. Like, and then if I were to say something about it, I look like crazy. crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I want to have a normal conversation yeah. with you because you said you were interested in me and I said I was interested in you. So, I mean, I dated a guy from six for six months on Tinder. Um, it didn't go anywhere. So um, you guys just like went on dates, but it wasn't like you were moving towards a relationship? Um, towards the end of the relationship, he said, uh, my expectations for intimacy were too high. What the hell does that mean? The hell if I know. This is what I told him. I told him, like, um, like towards the end, I was kind of thinking that it wasn't going to work because I felt like he didn't... 
Do you listen to uh, Horrible Decisions? Yes. Okay, do you follow Mandy on no, Twitter? No, I don't follow her, but I, I listen okay. to Horrible Decisions all the time. So Mandy, she was saying how she wants to feel desired in a relationship. Okay. Yeah. And that's basically what I wanted for him. And to me, if you... If we we've been dating for six months and you know you've met my family, yeah, um, I couldn't do that. <laughs> well, it wasn't that serious to me. Uh, I was just like, uh, my family's an extension of myself, but I don't feel super protective over them. Yeah, I know we can handle whatever comes our way. Yeah, um, and he wasn't built like that. He was very sensitive and very sweet. Um, but all I wanted from him was. Just to feel desired. Like, yeah. you say you want to be with me. And he was initiating the next levels in our relationship. So you said you wanted to exclusively date. Yeah. You said you wanted to be with me. Now I'm asking you to show me that emotionally. And you're saying, now you're saying my expectations are too high. Okay, wow. So you just wanted to, like, play the part but not, like, actually walk the walk, basically. Yes. Mm. He, wanted to, he wanted a friend, I think. Oh, but there are a lot of those out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't... He's an only child, too. Okay. And from him, I experienced... I'm like, wow, only children are different. They're different mm-hmm. kinds of people. Parents, don't do that to your kids. <laughs> you need to have another child in the home. Or they need to be socialized. So what's the worst Tinder date you've been on? Um... I don't think I've been on any bad ones. That's good. Okay, from so like Tinder. You, you oh really? I was gonna say you vet them out pretty well, I guess. Then like yeah, I think we we talk for a few days. Sometimes I would get really eager because sadly I do feel that like social pressure, especially at my age, I'm 27, to have a stable relationship. Yeah. Um, and it's one of. Unfortunately, I see it as uh, an accomplishment. Because it's something I've never done. And it's not because I couldn't. It's because I wasn't interested when everybody else was doing it. And now I'm more interested as I get older and I want a family, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But it's hard. It's weird, like, that women have that much pressure. Yeah. Specifically, like, it's annoying, honestly. Yeah, especially when it's the opposite for men. So as you're running towards them, they're running away from Mm -hmm. you. And... Actually, okay, Tinder date. I went out with this guy. He was 32. Um, That's a good age, I feel like. You would think. (laughs) (laughs) You would think. Um, He was 32, and as soon as he sat down at the table, and I brought my cousins with me because I needed a little buffer, and they were dating. Mm -hmm. Um. My cousins weren't dating. My yeah, cousin was, brought her yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, boyfriend. <laughs> um, as soon as he sat down, he wanted to debate about the dynamic between black women and black men. And he I'm an actual Twitter feminist. To the table. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, he did. Oh God. And um, that was pretty bad. That's kind of awkward. Like, why would you want to? bring up a controversial topic like when you're just getting to know someone it's like you want me to dislike you like yeah <laughs> especially because we don't see eye to eye yeah I for me to date you you have to understand especially as a black man you have to understand the worth of a black woman and he did it and I also found out that you know how 
personal training is very popular. Yeah. Nonprofits are just as popular. Everyone has one. <laughs> They're like so Yo, I was thinking of starting one too. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they are. Just like podcasts. Like Yeah, exactly. Podcast. Everyone does it. <laughs> it's like and he was explaining his um his nonprofit and it was some it was more like a forum type of deal. And he was saying he wants to have black women and black men kind of talk about the dynamic. And I was like, you can't really do this because you're biased. Yeah. You're completely biased. You don't want to hear the other side. And every time I try to tell you how I feel um, and what my needs are, you have a rebuttal for everything. Yeah. You're cutting me off. Like, you won't let me talk. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. I was like, this is not a good start to date. But he paid for everything. We went through the rest of the night. Um, ironically, not ir- it's not ironic. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we he he drove us to uh, U Street, and when I saw his car, I was like, "Oh, you have a dad car," and he started laughing and got a little offended. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, whatever." And then later on, I found out he had two kids. Women's intuition. Wait, what was the car? What's the daddy's car? It was like a Jeep, a Jeep Liberty. Okay. Or maybe like a Jeep Compass, like an yeah. older model. Yeah. I, something said to me, a dad drives this car. Mm-hmm. Listen to your intuition. Because I was right. Would you date a guy with kids? Yeah. Okay. Um, it depends on what kind of... I actually... <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, I'm <yeah>. just joking. <laughs> it depends on what kind of relationship they have with the child mm-hmm. and the child's mother. Mm. The last thing you want to do, because when you date a guy with a kid, you're dating the kid eventually, if you yeah. are getting serious. You're dating the kid and you're dating the baby the, mother. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So if that relationship's toxic, it's going to leak into your relationship. Yeah. And you don't want that. Mm hmm. But I've, I've dated three guys with uh, kids. Young kids? Like mm-hmm. under five? No. Oh. Yeah, well, one guy, his daughter is 10. Uh, the other one, she was like two. Okay. How did you feel about those relationships? Like, I guess, what was the dynamic like in them with like having the kids also? Was it harder than dating a guy who doesn't have kids? Well, I guess in what ways was it harder, I guess? Because I just assumed that it would be harder. Okay, one guy, he was thir- in his 30s. Mm-hmm. The other guy, he was in his late 20s. Okay. Difference there with yeah. how um, they're parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy, the younger guy, um, he wanted me to be all in. Like, if he could, I would have met the little... I would have been the second mom to that little girl. Oh, and I had to tell him, and he would tell me about his baby mama drama. I was like, I had to tell him. I was like, look, right now, I'm getting to know you. Yeah. I don't want to get to know you, your Any kid. Problems. and your, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe after six months, yeah. we can explore a deeper... Connection or something. Yeah, but like, right now, yeah. that's not... That's not You're not putting. He's not putting his best foot forward. Like he didn't bring yeah. his representative. He brought <laughs> himself, which I guess is Baggage. good. But <laughs> I guess it's better to be your most upfront self sooner. But yeah, I don't know. He was a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a complete mess. Now the older gentleman, um, 
he was in the military, so his his daughter wasn't with him a lot, and okay. his daughter was with his parents in a whole another state, and the mo- the baby mother wasn't in the picture, which was weird. I didn't date him for a long time. Yeah. Like actually, we I wouldn't even say I dated him. We went on one date, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we talked. Um, but there's just I I can deal. The older gentleman had a ten year old daughter. Um, and I can deal with that because I feel yeah. like a 10 year old is an adult. Yeah. She can articulate. <laughs> she knows what she likes. She's articulate. Like she understands like yeah. the dynamics of dating too. Like yeah. you wouldn't be her mother. You would just be yeah. like daddy's girlfriend or something. Exactly. And yeah. you know, you know, I feel like we can have an understanding because little girls like to get sassy. Yeah. And I feel like I can sit down and have a conversation with her. Like, don't try me. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever ghosted anyone? It would be really bad if I say no and I have. Because <laughs> somebody's like, oh, hello. We're about to have a ghost pop up. <laughs> I hope not. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever ghosted anyone. I like to be... I, I don't want that to... I don't want that to happen to me. I'm a big yeah. believer in karma. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with communicating that I'm not into you. Yeah. It's over. So what happens if like you communicate that you're not into someone and then they like keep hitting you up what do you do at that point oh that's when the petty games start i had that happen before i met this guy in a bar on u street first of all everything i said was wrong (laughs) (laughs) that is not the like (laughs) i could not remember what he looked like i was drunk but his voice oh my god his voice Mm -hmm. i was like this voice couldn't be attached to somebody unattractive So we would talk on the phone, we would text, and on paper he was, he's just what I would, should be looking for. Um, I was really attracted to his voice and his accent. He had like this New York accent, and he said a lot of the things I wanted to hear, and I felt like he would follow through on them. He was very genuine. Mm -hmm. So we set up a time to meet, um, and I was really nervous, because I think... That was like the first date I was on since the ancient nigga I was dealing with for years. So yeah. it'd be like that, you know? We all have one. Yeah, exactly. And I was super nervous. So I had one margarita and he got there. And I was nervous because I didn't know what he looked like. And I was like, oh, what did he get here? Yeah. And I'm not attracted to him. What if he's sitting like right next to you, like waiting for you to say something? Like, oh my God. Like, because I was attracted to him from what I did know about him. And then yeah. when he got there, I was like, why is his head so big and his body so small? <laughs> oh. The date lasted 30 minutes. Wow. I had like three margaritas. Yeah. He paid for everything though. Yeah. Which is good. Which Fellas, you should do. You should do that. <laughs> if you ask me to split on a date, I don't even know how I would react. Like I probably, I don't even know. I don't even know. The second date, cool. The first date. I say third date, I might like split. But also I'm like the type of person where it's like, I would rather just pay for the whole thing than split it. So it's like if it's I want to take you out, in you. I would <laughs> like yeah I would be like no like we're not splitting this like I'll just pay for it but yeah I would say third date before I like actually like start paying for things I don't know I don't know like for me I realize the climate out here a lot of women have better jobs we True. we're making the money out that's here. accurate so if a guy asked me to split it I'm okay with it because. 
I'm annoyed. I, I'm not okay with it. I'm annoyed with it, but I realize reality and yeah. I'm just gonna deal with it. I'm gonna I'm not gonna be like the baby boomers resistant to change. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna just go with the flow. Yeah. But I do think I'm a traditionalist when it comes to dating. Like it's the same. You I'm should at like, least pay for the first date. If you are asking me how and I'm like I don't know, it's just chivalry should still exist. I feel mm-hmm. like at least like in that regard. So what's your favorite date that you've been on? Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the zoo. Oh, that's cute. I haven't I been there in so many years. <laughs> I want to go back now. <laughs> the zoo and the aquarium, I think low-key dates where you can get intimate without mm-hmm. the element of alcohol Yeah, is is good because I feel like you can get intimate in like a bar setting, but it's more your sexuality starts to drive the whole yeah. connection. Yeah. Um, and you want to take that kind of for me, I want to take that kind of out of it. Yeah. Um, and get to know the person. So the zoo, the aquarium, those were the best dates. Museums. I've been on. I love yeah. our museums. Because it's nobody but you and that person. Yeah. And you have to think of things to talk about. <laughs> so it's good. So that's when you know the vibe is really good. Yeah. The chemistry is good. When you can go to the zoo or museums yeah. and have a good time. I feel like all of my dates involve like alcohol though. Which is not. Is it the first date? Yeah. I mean, it will mean you like dinner and then you get a drink with dinner or like happy hour mm-hmm. and you get a drink with happy hour, you know. The first date so, is fine. Yeah. Dates after. If you're interested in the person. Yeah. The date after that then maybe start removing alcohol from the situation <laughs> yeah but the first date is fine because you know everyone's nervous you yeah. don't know what to expect at least if it's going to be terrible you can be drunk <laughs> but let people like, know where right. you are yes <laughs> i can't how did you get out of that in 30 minutes I- yawn stretch oh i gotta work tomorrow Whoa, I gotta what time go. is it? yes yes you gotta be. You have to be direct. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be afraid, especially if you don't like them. Be assertive. Yeah. And then I don't think right then and there you should tell them you're not interested because that's weird. The dynamics would be weird. So yeah. just kind of leave on a good note and then go some for a little bit. And if they hit you up, you're like, uh, I don't think it's gonna work. I'm not yeah. that interested. Yeah. You know, because you may want to think about it. It's like an interview when you interview someone. Um, and at first, it's, like, terrible. But then you start thinking about it, and you're like, well, maybe they were nervous. Mm-hmm. Well, consider this is their first job. Yeah. You know? So think about it for a little bit. You don't, you don't owe them an initial response after it happens. Even if they pay for the date, don't let them pressure yeah. you into anything. So what do you look for in a partner? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Like... What attracts me to someone on a deeper level is uh, probably the little things. Like I said, that human connection. Yeah. I love being intimate with people. And I couldn't tell you what they said or did that triggered me to say, oh my gosh, I like this person. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just kind of happens. But I can kind of focus on the little things like your eyelashes. Or the color of your eyes, the way your eyes look, or the way you look at me sometimes. Like, those types of things attract me. Like, um, how you... The things you like. Mm -hmm. How passionate you are about certain things. Those things attract me. Word. 
do you have any like certain personality traits that are very attractive to you like are you attracted to people who are like you or people who are like not like you more that's a good question especially as I continue dating like maybe mm-hmm. I need to switch it up a bit I don't know I tend to gravitate towards guys that are quiet mm-hmm um, and kind of mysterious. And you feel like you're more like outspoken? Yeah. Okay. Definitely introverts. But the problem mm-hmm. with an extrovert going after an introvert is that they're introverted and it's a little bit harder to build that intimacy with them yeah. because they're very guarded. Mm-hmm. You like always like pulling teeth, I guess. Like Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I keep saying this thing. It's like, I want to date someone who's exactly like me because mm-hmm. I'm like an extrovert. I like to go out. I like to do things and I don't want to feel like I'm dragging somebody along with me. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's, like, my opinion right now. But also, I don't even know if I want to date right now, so. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, in a weird space where it's, like, I'm trying to figure, like, I don't know, just trying to get used to being, I don't know. I want to say single, but I've been single for a long time. Yeah. So it's, like, I guess I'm just, like, getting everything that I want from life, you know, like. Yeah. I have the job that I want. Mm-hmm. I have the house that I want. Mm-hmm. Um Damn, yeah, I guess the next step is the man that I want, right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like... I hate to say this. As much as I say, like, my career drives me, like, I love my career and I put it all into it. At the end of the day, when I'm not at my job, mm-hmm. I need that person in my corner. Yeah. So all those things that you want sometimes don't amount to having a person that's in your yeah. corner. Like, you can't... That's a once in a lifetime thing to have mm-hmm. that. And it feels really good when you have it. It feels better than a promotion. It feels better than um, a raise. It feels better than, I don't know, a new bag. It, it's a high that yeah. never goes away. And it's like a full body experience. Yeah. Do you believe that there's a soulmate out there for everyone? Yeah. How many? Like, like I, just one or like? I don't know. I, I don't know. Someone brought that up to me the mm-hmm. other day that you you don't just have one soulmate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could fall in love with anybody, but it just takes a, enough time because like you're gonna mm-hmm. find things that you don't like about someone and things that you like about someone. But like, I guess even like love isn't even about liking someone. It's about a deeper amount of care yeah. that kind of negates what you do and don't like about someone. So. That's true. Yeah. Like, oh, we were, um, I was talking with a friend about arranged marriages and I was saying, I could do it. Like mm-hmm. for the right amount of money, honestly, <laughs> I would, I would be a-okay with it. Cause to me, marriage is a financial contract. Like mm-hmm. if you have the finances, let's do it. That's and true. I, you, you may not feel a deep love for them, but I think it's a love enough to sustain mm-hmm. a marriage where you're not unhappy yeah unless you find someone oh that would suck if yeah. you got arranged married and then yeah like you can love that person and then not mm-hmm. be in love with them what do you think you would do in that situation if like you marry someone and then you find your soulmate depends on how much money they have <laughs> it's like you can't mess this up for me yeah <laughs> I don't know. That's hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about what I would do because I feel like I couldn't be in a loveless marriage. Or I couldn't be in a marriage and know that there's something else out there 
that's better for me that I'm like, I don't know, sacrificing, you know? I don't know. Like they say money can't buy happiness, but <laughs> I've never been on a yacht and not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. I've never lived a life where I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. So so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. Like so the money means like a lot. Like I guess they say marriage is like a contract. Like it's business and also like personal. Mm-hmm. But so it, yeah, I guess you're looking for the total package as far as like I love, wish I could have money, money and yeah, <laughs> like Rihanna, <laughs> billionaire boyfriend. They seem to be in love. I yeah. mean, if Rihanna stuck around this long, she must have mm-hmm. deep feelings for that person. If I can find that, hey, that's that's the ideal situation. Okay. So I have a tough question for you now. Then, um, so your soulmate pops up. Uh huh. Um. They're the only person you've ever loved as deeply as you have loved them. And you have the choice between them and being a millionaire. What do you choose? I'll probably be with them. <laughs> oh. I thought you were gonna say millionaire. I, I wish. I wish I wish you did. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I could do it either. Like <laughs> I would be with them because mm-hmm. I've been in love before. Like I I've been in love with someone I feel like is my soulmate. Mm -hmm. But just because someone's your soulmate doesn't mean you're going to be together. True. I did a lot of stupid things because I love them. And even to the detriment of me, personally, I did it for them. And in a sick, twisted way, when I would do things for them temporarily, it felt good. Yeah. It felt good that I was doing that for them. So... I know. Money comes and goes. Money's always going to come. That's why don't stress about money. Money will always be there. There's no lack of it. And if there was, we can just print it. (laughs) Money is not even a real concept. But love, like, if you really love someone and you can have it, Mm -hmm. that's worth That's um, worth having. Yeah. Yeah. It's priceless. It really is. Especially how everyone struggles out here. Yeah. If you had the money to splurge on one thing, what would you buy? And it could be like literally just anything. I would buy a business. A business? Yeah. What kind of business would you want? Like just any business or like do you have like a passion that you're I wish I had a passion. I really want to be an entrepreneur. I just don't know what I want to entrepreneur in. (laughs) I don't know what that would be. Like Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a creative in that sense. Yeah. um, Which sucks. So if I could find someone, a business that's already, they have a product, they have um, a business plan, and all I have to do is invest in it. Yeah. That would be ideal. True. I feel like if I was going to buy a business, I would buy a restaurant or a bar or something. I've always wanted to like... A bar is a good idea. Be a bartender or like, you know, I don't know, Me like too. work in like the food industry like type yeah. of thing. So, Yeah. I would want to own the bar. I don't know if I want to be the bartender because mm-hmm. people people be trying you in the bar. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, like, you own the place. Like, get the fuck out. Like, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that, I want to throw my weight around. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so there's actually um, a bar on 14th Street where the owner, literally, he'll just wor- he works as a bartender, like, all the time. Like, he'll be there on Saturday, Sunday nights, or I guess Friday, Saturday nights. And I'm like, that's literally the perfect life. That's so cool. That's commitment. Yeah. But I see a lot of bartenders, uh, 
bar business owners do that. They hang mm-hmm. out in their bars. Yeah. If it gets really busy, they'll get behind the bar and help yeah. out. Like I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Like Cloak and Dagger, if you guys ever been, if you've ever seen the owner, he's this cute Asian guy. Oh, I've had the crush on him for so long. <laughs> but he'll get behind the bar. He was yeah. there. Howard Homecoming on a Tuesday night. It was super lit. And he was passing out Jameson shots. Word. Yeah, he he's clutch. <laughs> <laughs> So what does self-care mean to you? Um, interesting enough, somebody was like, where did girls, all these girls talking about energy and vibes nowadays, where yeah. did that come from? Well, I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> <laughs> I think when I started focusing on my mental health um, and making that a priority, um, that's when I started getting into energy and vibes and mm-hmm. things like that. But that's self-care to me. Like, yeah. your mental health, it's, it starts there. And I prioritize that over everything. So that comes before my job. That comes before my family. That comes before my religion. Um, that comes before everything. Because if I'm crazy, then... Everything around you is yeah. just going to be... Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's self-care to me. And... That made me taking some time out to uh, get a new like skincare routine mm-hmm. or workout or uh, create a hobby or do things that drive your career forward. Self-care is really focused on self and that starts with um, your mental and emotional health. Yeah. What would you recommend to people like a quick self-care routine? Um, hmm. I know that one thing that I like to do is like journal. So just like write like thoughts down. Just like That's what's going idea. on and everything. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, people that, for people that can't verbalize their emotions, mm-hmm. I think meditation is good. Yoga is definitely good. Sometimes not thinking about your problems is the break that you need (laughs) and when I do yoga I take this yoga Pilates Tai Chi class you're so focused on getting the moves right you're not thinking about any anything else yeah you want to kind of stop your mind and slow things down and kind of you're focusing on your body yeah you're focusing on yourself I think that's a good thing for people who um, have trouble verbalizing their thoughts or to keep them from obsessing over their problems What is your most unpopular opinion? My most unpopular opinion. I feel like I have so many, but I can't think of them right now. Hold on. Most popular opinion. Beyonce is not the greatest singer dancer ever to walk this earth. And I think that her talent. Oh my God is amplified by the fact that she is the only one in her space. If there were other women in her space, then she wouldn't be so iconic. So I'm a stan. Um, (laughs) You mean like not the best singer by itself and then dancer by itself? I think she's a really good entertainer, but... Mm -hmm. I think that opinion is even not, it's not accurate because there's no one else to compare her to. She's, 
And it's not Beyonce herself. It's her team. And this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Her team really worked it out for her. There's nobody. She has no competition. Who am I comparing her to? Michael oh. Jackson. Like, one of the greatest performers ever. Like Michael Jackson and Beyonce. Not that one is more or more or less. Yeah. But they're not in the same lane. Yeah. Beyonce's not the king of pop. Like, she's not... They're not running after the same thing. They're not running yeah. the same race. So... I feel like a lot of women, black women, are kept out of the space where Beyonce is. The only time you see popular black female singers is probably R&B, which, like, her type R&B or L L May R&B. Yeah. Other than that, you don't see them. And even but then, like, they don't get that like big. Beyonce's fault. That's, like, the industry. Again, I'm not, sides, you know? I'm not blaming Beyonce herself. Yeah. It's more so the team. Like, yeah. this is, this is, she didn't do this. Mm-hmm. This is what they designed for her. Yeah. And she benefits from it. So it's not really, take Beyonce as a person out of it. Mm-hmm. It's just how, it's the strategy. Yeah. We have nobody to compare her to. The only person who's remotely on her level is Rihanna. And I don't feel like they're even running the same race. They're not. Yeah. I feel like Rihanna's a whole different genre of music than Beyonce is. She's also like not even like that into music anymore. Like, Which is good. Good for her. <laughs> you better entrepreneur, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Build your businesses and so, have your billionaire husband. I love seeing that. Like Eve. Eve is out here working. Her husband's a billionaire. He's, wait, Eve, like, with the, the rapper, yeah. But I have not heard about her literally in years. She's hosting, I want to say The View or The Talk. Okay. But she's, One of those daytime shows. Yeah, okay. she's out here yeah. working. She doesn't have to. Yeah. So who do you want to see come up, like, next? As far as, like, the next Beyonce? Do you have, do you listen to music like that? Or do you have any opinions on the next big star? No, I mean, I was... I was excited for Elle May to come up, but then she became really commercial to me. Yeah. I feel like all of her songs, well, I've only heard like two or three of her songs, but I feel like they all sound the same. They do. So. They do all sound the same. <laughs> okay. And before she started popping, um, and I was listening to her uh, maybe two or three years before. Uh, boot up came out mm-hmm. and I love the song she don't and there was other songs that she had that are really good like she's a really talented singer but yeah. I don't think they're that doesn't matter that's not what they're going after to make her that's big not what act. they can sell <laughs> yes exactly they're selling this shitty boot Pop, up song yeah. yeah and I just I just feel like she's better than that. But if you want to be famous, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, you have to figure out what you want out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. like Cardi. Cardi's like, I'm not trying to be a lyricist. <laughs> want this money. Okay, so we do have to talk about this now. Okay. Cardi and the robbing of men. How do you feel about that? It's disgusting. Okay. And I feel like, even myself, I feel like, She's getting a pass because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're going softer on her because she's a woman. And I don't I don't want to equate it to um, Bill Cosby because she's not raping anyone. Yeah. Um, but it's still... It's that predatory mentality. Mm-hmm. And I know... 
I get it. You had you were poor and you had to do what you had to do, but there were other people that were poor and chose not to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a simple apology kind of makes me not think about it. Yeah. But I don't know how to punish her for it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, do I just wash my hands of it? Like, I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah. See, like, I feel like, I don't know. For me, it was just like, I mean... She's been the same person that she's been the whole time we've known her, like, as far as, like, a star. And, like, I don't, it just doesn't surprise me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, also, as bad as it sounds, it doesn't really bother me. Like, like you say, like, I don't know what to do with this information. Because it's like, men are the victims. That's why it doesn't bother you. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like if it was a woman, if it was a man saying he was doing this, there would be outrage. And I'm a feminist, by the way. It, but you know I can recognize faults. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if it would, if the genders were flipped, there would be complete outrage, and you know, but I mean, I, like other rappers like rob people and like. Do they rob shit. people or do they rap about robbing people? I don't know exactly. But like they're 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 okay. Other rappers are speaking on robbing people. Like Cardi, we don't even know if she actually robbed these people. Because nobody's come forward and said, like, hey, I was robbed. She just, like, was an Instagram personality talking about this. And we're taking it as truth. That that could be true. But she also, she admitted she did it because she apologized for it. But my thing is, if you've ever seen S'mores stand-up, you're younger it. than me. So you probably I know. I, I know of S'mores. <laughs> she was, like, around, like, same time as Monique. Uh, maybe yes. before Monique a little bit. Yeah, they were uh, original queens of comedy. And mm-hmm. S'more was saying, she was talking about hip-hop music, and she was like... I like it so much because they rap about all this stuff that I would never do. <laughs> so to me, I feel like a lot of rappers rap about things that they don't actually do. It's it's fiction. Yeah. That's what it is. So when people rob, talk about murder and this gangster life, it's like, oh, yeah, I wish I was a gangster. I was out here yeah. killing people and stuff. But in real life, you don't do that. And yeah. You would never do that. But it's a fantasy. So... I don't feel like it's I don't I I don't feel like it's relevant to Cardi actually admitting that she's drugging. Mm-hmm. It's not even the robbing part that bothers me. It's the drugging part yeah. that bothers me. I was like, you're already a stripper. Why do you need to go this far? Yeah, they're they're literally that's kind of the job. <laughs> that's how the service works. You yeah. take your clothes off and they give you money. Why do you have to drug them and then rob them? Yeah, it's predatory. It's it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, let us wrap this up. (laughs) Um, So this is your chance to ask me questions if you have any that are burning a hole in your head. Okay. How was your buying experience since you bought a new home? Um, It was stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, So nine months ago, I said that I wanted to buy a house. Mm -hmm and before my 25th birthday and um we started looking at houses in january which most people like oh my mom would say that like her co-workers they would look at a house for like six months like they were looking at houses for six months so i had like literally a two-month window and trying to buy in dc was an issue because 
things it's just such a saturated market like people mm-hmm. are always like looking for houses and everything so like something will be on the market one day and then like it'll be off the market next day and that's worse in the summer even though i was like searching in the winter like mm-hmm. it was still like oh i want to make an offer it's like oh wait that house is already gone oh, i want to go see this house wait that house is already gone like um when i came to see this house it was like two of the houses that i had picked to go see that day were mm-hmm. put under contract that day so um yeah it was Aww. it was stressful it was just like a very it's like dating yeah yeah like a very fascinating <laughs> process but also yeah it is like dating in the sense that if you're gonna get what you want out of it then you have to know what you want so like after seeing all these different houses i had to like mm-hmm. all right well i want this many bedrooms this many bathrooms um this in the back like this in the front you know so um so this came up on twitter um, and it's from a podcast you probably listened to, The mm-hmm. Friend Zone. No, I've listened to like one or two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Well, The Friend Zone, they were talking, I don't know what they were talking about, but anyway, it got to Twitter and it was a conversation about, um, parents and how that, re- parenting and how that relates to going to college, the college experience mm-hmm. when you're a senior and you're you have to fill out applications, things like that. Mm-hmm. What was that process for you? Um, it was just like, well, I mean, it was just like you're going to college. Like, like some people do have like the option to be like, oh no, I'm done after high school. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, I want to go to college. But like for me, it was just like, okay, well, like school's not over. So um, honestly, it's hard to remember now, but it's just like basically like, I know that I have to get into a school. I know that I have to go to college. I'm not sure if I would have chosen that myself because like, when I finished college, I was so done. Like, I wanted to do grad school at first, but then, like, by senior year, I was like, nope, I am out of here. So, um, honestly, that's it's hard to remember that process because it was so long ago. Were your parents hands-on? Oh, yeah, they were, yeah, they were definitely hands-on. Like, um, I think it speaks to, like, privilege when your parents are so involved with you getting into college mm-hmm. and with not giving you an option not to go to college, so... Yeah. What about you? How was your experience? Well, okay. So my mom didn't go to college and my parents are older. They're probably older than your parents. Mm -hmm. My parents are baby boomers. So they're in their 60s now. So my mom didn't go to college. She was the second oldest of seven. And her older sister had schizophrenia, so oh wow, it, it she took on the mother role, especially during like the fifties and sixties. Like it it was hard for her, um, and she really took care of her brothers and sisters. So she kind of sacrificed a lot, um, and instead of going to college because she couldn't afford it, she went to the Air Force instead. My dad, who's an immigrant from Jamaica, he went to uh, Florida University. Um, and so the, my mom wanted me to get a degree because I guess she never had one. Um, and she wants me to have plenty of opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. And my dad kind of wanted the same thing for me. But when it came to academics and going to college, the expectations were there. But the follow through from my parents yeah. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I did what I wanted to. I don't regret. I didn't... I went to college right away. I didn't finish yet. I'm in college still now. Um, I didn't finish yet. Um, I feel like I learned a lot about myself and a lot 
about my field. This is how I figured out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people now, they've gone, they've gone to college and they're waiting tables. Yeah. And they're hell in debt. I don't have any school debt. Not to say that I won't have any, but I don't have any now. Um, I know, I know the economy. Um, I say that to say I know what's going to make me money in human resources mm-hmm. and what isn't. So I know what to pursue. So, um, but on the other hand, I feel like I have to work a little bit harder to get a degree. When if I was younger, I kind of just had to go, and the only yeah. thing I had to focus on was school. That now, is now. I, I think you're correct with that because, like, I remember like college. It was just like it was a kind of like being suspended in time because mm-hmm. like you're just it's like living on base kind of yeah where it's like you're in like this globe that where everybody's just kind of like you like you're all the same age and like you know like you're going to classes but then you have all this free time and it's just like a different world than we're in right now yeah so yeah and I feel like if I had to do it again I'm not sure if I would make it because like I don't know it seems like it just seems like a lot um now especially being out of academia for like Mm -hmm. a while it's just like I don't even know like how we made it through this like I think it's more of like um I I kind of consider myself fighting against the norms me not me not having a degree at my age especially when um this thing of black excellence was when black excellence is defined by how many degrees you have um and I've seen a lot of people I met this guy I didn't meet him he worked for a company I worked for. He was a VP of marketing and he went to Harvard. He was a complete idiot. And we fired him. Yeah. <laughs> so I I just want for me, it's not that I would ever look down on someone who has a degree because I can acknowledge the hard work that goes into it mm-hmm. and the commitment that takes. I didn't have that commitment to college. Yeah. Um but at the same time, I think it's also important that we acknowledge people that um, kind of navigate through a space where it's not really explored. Yeah. I guess some people put a lot of emphasis on academia because it was something that um, black people it was... We were allowed to have for yeah. a long time. So it's kind of like a privilege. Mm-hmm. It is a privilege because it's expensive now. So yeah. It is a privilege, but I think we should... Black excellence comes in all forms. Yeah. And there, what I'm saying is there's not one right way to do things. And if... There's more than one way to be black and excellent. Yes. And none of them have to involve degrees. Yeah, and there's more than one road to success. But to bring it back to the parenting thing, I kind of wish my parents were more hands-on. Mm-hmm. Because... I think I, that is a big issue. It's yeah. Like, um, especially with people who are like first generation um college students it's like your parents have never been through this process they don't know what it's like and it's like how do, how are you going to help them help you like and yeah. kinda like yeah. or how are they going to put how are they going to put these ex you've never done this before <laughs> this life thing is new to yeah. you and your parents have experienced life yeah. they're supposed to be the ones to give you this knowledge and help you navigate yeah. through it so it's It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard just kind of figuring it out. And I kind of wish I had more guidance. But at the same time, I know how strong I am because I had to figure everything out on my own. I had to fight my way through it. And I'm doing pretty good for myself. So I I don't... 
I, again, there's not one right or wrong way to success. There are, e- no, well, I wouldn't say one is easier than the other. They're both hard. <laughs> yeah, different, like, you know, mountains for every person. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other questions? Oh, this is a random question. Okay. I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel? This is going back to dating. I feel like dating is just a good topic. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> lighthearted. Everybody does you know, it. Like, yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about dating a guy who has dated men? Um, I don't feel anything about it, <laughs> honestly. Um,. I feel like, okay, so, first of all, I'm not, like, really that into dating in general, but, like, okay. um, I just feel like you need to be about me mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If you want to date me, like, I don't want to have to second question anything. So, I mean, like, I don't, it doesn't really, you know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. I wish we had imposing views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Like, um. It's just interesting because as we move into this space where I feel like a, we're like juggling like racism and LGBTQ. Yeah, being black is like weird right now. It's like, why can't we all just like come together because we're stronger together? But you guys like, not you guys, I don't know how to say this, but we're divided as a community. And I feel like... In the black community. Yeah, in the yeah, black yeah. community. And I feel like we need to come together i don't know um it doesn't make sense to me how you can be black and still discriminate against people because you know what it's like to be discriminated against why would you ever do that to somebody else it just doesn't make sense to me so man i talk about this all the time i was like people have to focus on principles Mm -hmm. at the end of the day your foundation should be your morals and your principles if if you think racism is wrong those same principles that lead you to believe that, those same morals that lead you to believe that, should be the same morals that lead, lead you, you to, to believe that homophobia mm-hmm. is wrong. And I don't know why people don't get that. And a lot of it is based on, you know, slavery fucked us up. Yeah. A lot of it is based on a religion that was forced upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I can't be too mad about the division because it's not really our fault. Yeah. Like, that's years and years. Uh, yeah, that's true. Of tr- psychological, systematic, blah, blah, blah. That's years of them fucking with us and yeah. fucking with our minds. Um, and it's hard to undo those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess with, like, social media, I feel like we're getting to the point where it's tough to keep making excuses, I guess. Where I'm not, like, saying that, like, you're making an excuse because, like, that's, like, a very legit reason. But we need to be more focused on educating ourselves and realizing, like, oh, generational trauma. Oh, okay, transphobia, homophobia come from that. Okay, now we need to fix this. Like, moving forward with, like, accepting the trauma and I don't know exactly how that comes together, but... We need a plan. <laughs> well, like I said, we're, I feel like our generations, we're like the pioneers. Like, America's not that old. Yeah. Slavery, I'm four generations off slavery. Yeah. So, it, it's very close. So, things, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. So, I think once we start having these conversations, I think it's going to get messy before we can start organizing yeah. our thoughts. And where we are is 
pretty good. I think we need to dial back on that outrage because now like Gucci and Burberry, I feel like they're using it as a marketing tactic. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. Yeah. So it's like before we start putting all our outrage, I wish Black Twitter was an actual thing. Like you had to like log in and yeah. verify your blackness before you get in so we can talk about stuff that nobody else knows. Yeah, because you know, yeah. ops are watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, they, you know, there's Russian bots that um, advocate for black people. That's, that's psychotic. Okay, yeah, like, okay, so like they act like black people and they're like, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's how manipulative. It is out here. Yeah. So, um, it, there's a lot of change going on right now. Yeah. And, and that's good. So, it's going to get, the waters are murky. And I think as we, I don't know, because this generation coming it's tough. up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like we're getting to the point where we have to choose sides, which is scary because there seems like there should be two sides. But there's like twenty seven. Like, what type of shape is that? You know. But like, yeah, it's really like you're saying messy. So it's yeah. like I don't know. It should just be the side for discrimination and the side against discrimination. Like, to, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, in my business class, we were kind of we were talking about business ethics. Um, it, <laughs> Human beings are very fickle. We change our minds. We're nuanced. Mm-hmm. We're not monolithic. So it's hard. It's hard to get on one accord. And there's always going to be that one. Yeah. There's always going to be that one that voted for Trump yeah, liar, yeah. when we're trying to get Hillary elected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always or be didn't vote at all, which was worse. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get me started. All right. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> Um, let's wrap this up. Um, do you have any social media that you want to plug here? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Savage List. It's I dot M Savage List. L-Y-S-S. Okay. Um, thank you for coming. Um, do you have any projects that you're working on? Anything that you want to share like for people to look out for? I wish. I mean... When I do in the future, I mean, my main focus is um, securing the professional bag. Like, I'm trying to get my LinkedIn popping. Like, it's kind of popping, but it's not popping the way I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I do do something in the future, which I will, I think my 30s will be my most creative time. Um, they say the 30s are lit. Yeah, I believe it. 30 is the new 20. Yeah. So, when I turn 30, y'all better watch out for me. <laughs> Okay, thank you guys for listening and thank you for being here. No problem. Um, If you guys would like to subscribe to the podcast, then you can do that on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud at NTMY Podcast or just search Nice to Meet You. If you'd like to follow the podcast, you can do that on Instagram and Twitter at NTMY Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or just something that you want to share, you can shoot those emails to ntmypodcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.